On today's episode of the Story Truck, I have had the privilege to interview Mr. Abhut Aras, the CEO of the Welfare of Stray Dogs, a Mumbai-based NGO that helps stray dogs. The first question I'd like to ask is, uh, how did it all start for WSD? What was the major breakthrough? So, you know, um, I don't know if you know, but uh, street dogs used to be killed by the municipal corporation. And uh, WSD started with an objective of to stop them from killing the dogs. So we started actually way back in 1985. And what we used to do is that we used to actually go and rescue the dogs that the BMC used to catch to kill. You know, the BMC used to catch dogs and take them to the killing farm. And if nobody claimed them for up to for three days, they used to be electrocuted in the most horrible manner. Oh so God. we used to go and pay a license fee. You could do that, you know, uh, for pets. And then we used to, uh, you know, rescue them and put them back. And that's how it all started. But why did the BMC kill dogs? So it was a British legacy. Yeah. And uh, they thought that it was the only way that it could bring down rabies or the street dog population. But actually it did not work because hundreds of years of killing, you know, yeah. I mean, um, you'll be surprised that actually the Parsis rioted to stop the killing of street dogs in 1832. So, you know, there's evidence that dogs used to be killed way back, you know, uh, during the British times. And and you're, you're right in asking this question that why kill the dogs? Because it didn't solve the purpose or the objective for what they were being killed because dogs still were there and, um, you know, rabies had not gone down. So it was not only, um, you know, unethical, uh, but it was also illogical and there was no reasoning behind killing animals. So then could you explain WSD's role in all of this? So, so basically then uh, in 1994, we convinced the municipal corporation with facts and figures and scientifically how killing of dogs has had no effect on, you know, their population or rabies. Mm -hmm. And then we offered an alternative, a humane way of controlling the population, which is sterilization or what is called an... And that's how we pioneered it in Bombay in 1994. Okay, so uh, when I put up a story, a couple of questions uh, arose about sterilization. So firstly, why yeah. do NGOs stress on neutering dogs? So you must realize that um, uh, that was, it was, I mean, there was no alternative where, you know, it was either choosing that time between killing of dogs and, and sterilizing to control the population. And that's how NGOs introduced that uh, humane scientific of controlling the, the population. And um, actually, you know, um, which you've seen, it has helped in the long run because street dogs, a pop the street dog population has come down and rabies has come down drastically. And you must also remember that, you know, uh, 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 any veterinarian will tell you that sterilization actually is good for both um, uh, um, a female dog or a male dog in the long run because they have less health problems. So it's not only about strays, it's also about pets, pets. in terms of, I mean, a lot of people don't realize that 
that you know um, a female may not get you know uterus related problems or ovarian related problems yes. if if uh, the dog is already sterilized you know or uh, um, you know uh, the male may not get uh, prostate issues cancers and so cancers, on right about sterilized. a lot so of it's about. not only yes yeah so it's not only about uh, controlling the population but also the health of the animal but does it harm or affect the animal during the process sterilization no, not at all it's like a it's a major surgery which is done under anesthesia okay. like any other surgery mm-hmm. and uh, i mean the dog is goes back to uh, where he or she comes from in 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 uh, within 7 days yeah and you see i mean there there are thousands and thousands of dogs that we have um, neutered and you, you see they are having a i mean living a healthy happy life on the streets yes how does uh, wsd carry out this process of sterilization yeah. so basically uh, we we um, you know the dogs are caught by our um, uh, by our staff and brought in uh, by by our ambulance into the center sometimes even the municipal corporation also catches the dogs and brings it to ngos and then we um, they are um, you know um, operated at the center and uh, uh, under anesthesia of course and and then they are um, uh, kept there for uh, post operative care till their surgical wound heals mm-hmm. and they are put back in the same place where they are got from after an identification mark is put on them which is a ear notch so if you've seen dogs with a little cut in the ear which also is done under anesthesia so it's not painful and uh, uh, and they are given a rabies shot when they are being discharged so the dog that is sterilized is will not uh, uh, be able to have puppies and also he is safe he or she is safe because he's been vaccinated against rabies that's actually very very good so killing two birds in one stone it's happening rabies as well yeah, so as two the... objectives of yes. both the population control and also of you know reducing right. or eliminating rabies so since you spoke about rabies uh, is rabies very fatal when it's passed on to humans yes yes of course so you must realize that there is no cure for rabies right. yeah so it's a highly preventable disease yeah but but there is no cure and that's why we need to be um proactive in the sense that uh, it's now who also has various you know reports that have come out of how you know it's better to also mass vaccinate dogs and it says that if up to 70% of dogs in an area are vaccinated it breaks the rabies transmission and that's why we do a lot of revaccination against rabies um you know throughout the city every saturday today we were vaccinating in kolaba actually um uh, yeah or last two weeks it actually was world rabies day you know for those two weeks you know we vaccinated around 1000 dogs with with uh, oh, wow. in association with the municipal corporation you know so so um it's important to vaccinate dogs you know and it's also important to understand why dogs can bite and what to do when dogs bite you know and um, so there needs to be proper protocols followed if you have an animal bite and which of course will prevent uh, you know rabies transmission 
So could you throw light on supposing I've been bitten by a rabid dog? What should yeah. I do immediately? Yeah, so not necessarily or only a rabid dog, but by any warm-blooded animal. Rabies can be spread by any warm-blooded animal and it is spread not through the air, but if if the, the saliva needs to enter the bloodstream. So which means that either through a bite or a lick on an open wound. Yeah. Okay. So the first thing to do is that to wash the wound with soap and water for 15 minutes. The World Health Organization says that 94.4% uh, uh, particles are uh, uh, viral particles are washed away. Yeah. So that is the first thing to do. Washing is very important. The second thing is to put any antiseptic. And the third is to go and take rabies shots. So, and, and they are available at any uh, hospital or even, you know, at your, your a general practitioner mm -hmm. can give it. So these three things are very important. I repeat, wash the wound with soap and water for 15 minutes. Uh, any antiseptic like uh, Dettol, Savlon can be put. And then to go and take a rabies shot. Okay. So coming back to you, could you tell us a bit about your journey, uh, your role with WSB before and as compared to right now being the CEO? So, well, basically, you know, I um, always loved animals. And as, as a kid, you know, I used to, uh, thanks to an elderly neighbor who used to have cats and loved uh, street animals, I used to accompany him to uh, um, the vet, you know, whenever a neighborhood animal was injured. And um, uh, of course, in my house also, we always had cats, never dogs. But um, uh, uh, so I was brought up with with uh, animals. And so that love for animals was always there. And um, um, uh, that's how, you know, um, I mean, uh, I saw that uh, I've, I've seen actually dogs being picked away when I was small uh, and taken away for uh, to, to be killed by the municipal corporation. And and uh, with my neighbor, we used to go and, you know, claim them back and we could pay a license fee and bring them back. They used to put a billa, you know, like a little tag, which means that this dog has a license. So then they would not pick it up again. So, yeah. so um, sometime in uh, the municipal corporation, this was that time, not anymore. Okay, those, those uh, that's changed now. Now, because only... Pets require licenses, but I'm talking about when dogs used to be killed. Yeah, now it's illegal to kill the street uh, dogs or street animals. So, um, um, so that's how it started. And then, um, sometime in 1995, you know, I started volunteering with uh, the welfare of stray dogs. I trained under a veterinarian and started what we call now is an on-site first aid program. You know. Uh, that was because, you know, I was doing my, my MBA then and I, there was a trigger for this. Um, there was a little puppy, uh, you know, that was hurt and he had, a, he had a little wound. And the only thing one could think of is just, uh, you know, taking it to the animal hospital. And that's what I did. And I forgot all about it. And maybe after like 20 days, uh, they called and they sent actually the puppy home. And I was quite shocked because the puppy had... Uh, become really emaciated and and it was almost dying and I didn't know what to do and I was crying all night you know calling a veterinarian and and understanding what could be done and uh, doing what 
she was telling me to, but the puppy didn't make it. And then I realized that suppose I had a wound, I wouldn't have got admitted to hospital. You know, I would have treated the wound with some uh, Dettol or something, or consulted a doctor and and uh, asked what what should be done, right? So similarly, that's when I realized that a lot of animals can be treated where where they are located. You know, remember that dogs are territorial. So the dog outside your house at the gate, you'll always see him or her there. You know. So I trained under a vet for about three months, and then started what we called an on-site first aid program. And then we started training more and more volunteers. And uh, um, uh, we continue to train volunteers. And right now, actually, it has expanded in various other cities in India. I've done training programs uh, all over India, you know, for, for other cities. Because uh, you could not, maybe you don't have a hospital in that city, you know. But at least a majority of the animals can still be treated you know first step basic first step can be imparted and that's how it all began you know and then i started volunteering with um, the welfare of stray dogs and sometime in 2000 when i was working uh, with a company i realized that maybe you know my um, skills that i've acquired at, at uh, working in the corporate world and whatever i have learned uh, so called learned in you know an mba school might might help in you know running of the organization and that's how then i i um, you know uh, you know joined as as the chief executive officer so how did it feel because this is an complete turn from what you were doing at an mba corporate job to over here well, it felt really good because you know um, i didn't have monday morning blues <laughs> i mean one works every day and you know all my friends used to um, uh, quite uh, tell me that you know you're lucky that you're not caught in the rat race, yeah, and right. you you look forward to go to work every day where many of them uh, maybe didn't, you know. So I think it was something that was uh, uh, something that one was passionate about, and also one could actually you know see the difference that you're you you meaning. Please remember, it's not only me alone. I mean, right. there are so many people involved here. You know, remember, the organization is made up of, uh, you know, the veterinarians, the, the managers that work, the uh, animal nurses, the ward boys, the volunteers, you know, right. and it all adds up. So, so it's a, it's a very, uh, you know, a collective effort. And that really, you know, you can see that, you know, the, the dogs that you are, cats that you're saving, uh, uh, because of treatment and or you can see a difference being made over years with the street dog population you know my road about uh, 20 years ago at least had 15 dogs and now there are about three or four left yeah so they are all sterilized and they 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 uh, you know passed away in a natural way you know and uh, and uh, the idea was to to uh, control the street dog population, but uh, in a humane and scientific manner, you know. So, so that is that is something that that has that has uh, you know helped. So the neutering program has helped in in doing that.
Do you want to start your very own podcast? Then Anchor is the easiest and best app to go about it. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and amazing platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Coming to the ad- uh, adoption point of view, so how many dogs actually get adopted and if they're not adopted, are they put back on the streets? So you must realize that, uh, you know, the question should be what are the kind of dogs that need adoption? Yeah. Okay. So the average dog on the street does not need adoption, which means because I'm giving an example that, you know, there, there was a dog called... Um, Rani that lived outside Gaylord for 18 years. She passed away last year. And and uh, uh, that was her home. And she would have been very uncomfortable actually being taken off her home and put into somebody's home. You know? So they are so, comfortable so that, in that particular surrounding. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. They are familiar with people. You know, there are a lot of um, caretakers and animal feeders in the area who are feeding them. Um, the Gaylord people used to look after uh, her, you know. So, so um, the kind of dogs that need adoption are dogs that either might not be safe on the streets, which means that say there is some cruelty issue, okay, or uh, dogs that are abandoned. You know, I mean, lots of people taking dogs don't understand the responsibility and cruelly, and it's also illegal, they abandon them. So, so those dogs really that require a home. And at WSD, we also have a third kind of uh, dogs that need a home, which are dogs from the airport, what we call airport dogs. Now, what are these dogs? These are dogs that were hanging around on the runway of the Mumbai airport. And many, many years ago, the airport authorities went to court, to the high court, because remember it was illegal and it is illegal to kill uh, street dogs and street animals. So um, they went to court and and uh, wanted an exception to kill the dogs that were on the runway. So what we went, so we intervened and went to court and said that don't kill them. We'll take them and get them adopted. These are the only dogs that don't go back. Otherwise, it's a very clear, clear uh, legal uh, rule that any dog that is caught from an area cannot be displaced. It needs to go back into the same place where it has got, got from. So, so those dogs have been coming in, and those are the dogs that we put up for adoption because they can't go back. You know. Okay. So, again, dogs that come in for sterilization go back to where they have come from. You know, and of course, if the dogs, I mean, your question also was what happens if they're not adopted, then they remain with us. But over a point of time, 
we've had about four, 500 dogs coming in and most of them have got adopted and maybe about 20, 25 are there right now, you know, for adoption. But that keeps, I mean, more dogs do keep coming in and more get adopted, you know, so that goes on. So you spoke about the responsibilities that a family or a person has to take while adopting a dog. And sometimes if they're yeah. not able to hold up, they may just abandon the dog. So could you explain that to a viewer who's planning on adopting a dog? Yeah. So that's why you need to be very, very sure that you can take in a, a pet or a, an, maybe a cat or a dog, you know, as a pet. And because you need to think of it of for keeping it for life, which means the next 15 years, that might be the average age of a dog or a cat. So what are, where will you be in the next 15 years? So if you're a student and you're going to go abroad for studies, it won't be fair on the dog because, and it won't be fair on your parents also, because, you know, you'll go away and the responsibility then shifts. So you need to take up, you also need to have time to exercise the dog, naturally feed it, Remember, a dog or a cat is going to fall sick sometime in its life and you need to take it to the veterinarian. Anyway, you have to take it to the veterinarian for its regular, you know, uh, vaccinations, yearly vaccinations and so on. So that's why you need to be sure that you are going to take the responsibility of a pet for the rest of its life. And that is what we're looking for, you know, when people come in. Yeah. Then, of course, it's, it's a question of, you know, fitting the dog to the family. But, but this, the most important thing is, is the intent and also the willingness to do that. You know? so, so I think uh, people who want to adopt, of course, I mean, and of course, please don't go and buy dogs. Okay. Because it's better to adopt. So if you want to get in a dog or a cat, don't, don't buy, adopt. And um, because our Indies are really, really, I mean, they are, they are the best, uh, you know, pet to have. They are as loyal, as good looking. Uh, veterans will tell you they are better acclimatized to our climate. They are hardier, you know, less health problems and so on. Yeah. But, but uh, don't buy because, you know, the whole uh, puppy mill and the whole breeding industry is, is not really the best in terms of the welfare of, 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 of the dog or the cat that you, you might want to buy. So, I don't know, I've heard a lot about this misconception that indie dogs are unruly and they're not the ideal pet as compared to Firangi breeds. And yeah. people usually tend to adopt them or even buy them. So, could you... I mean, you look, you just, just look around in the stories that you'll, you'll find, you know, the relationships that are there on the street with the good polish wala, the chai wala, the, the slum dweller, the street dweller, the building person, you know, uh, the policeman and the relationship that the street dogs have with these people, that will itself tell you how, how lovely it would be to have adopt a Hindi. Um, um, you must also, I mean, I had written a book called My City, My Dogs for Children, you know, which has stories of, of about eight now nine um, uh, dogs, you know, street, uh, Indies or street dogs, and uh, and that those stories are are you know very heartwarming of 
of what what these dogs i mean uh, have their own idiosyncrasies and and relationships with people yeah so i think um, uh, any any dog remember when you bring in requires some kind of i mean it's an adjustment when when a dog comes into a home irrespective of it being a tirangi breed or a indi so so it all depends on how you are going to bring it up how you are going to train it you know when i mean train doesn't mean how how i mean to shake hands and so on but but i'm talking about basic training of potty training or or uh, ensuring that uh, the dog is you know um um uh, you are you are you know um ensuring that the dog is listening to what you're what you're going to say you know so so i think um, uh, indies make amazing pets and and you'll have lots and lots of people you know who'll vouch for that i mean today more and more people are actually adopting indies and that's really heartwarming good to hear yes are elder street dogs not easily trainable no, not at all because you know if you see that at wsd we don't have puppies we have generally dogs that are bigger in the sense it could be a year or two or it could be even older to to that even senior dogs and so the the main thing is that that the dog needs to be you know matched to the family which means that i'm just giving an example that some dogs may not like children yeah or some dogs are very exuberant yeah so so suppose there's somebody who has a senior citizen at home i'd rather give a dog that is calmer than a exuberant dog i'm not talking about aggression here remember huh? it's it's a, just a question of the dog is jumpy very happy jumpy high, dog high on energy But, yeah yes so so if there's a senior citizen i rather give a dog who's calmer than a uh, a dog that is very exuberant you know so or if somebody already has another dog then you try and see if this dog gets along with that dog and so on so so it's more to do with you know matching you know the dog to the to the family and 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 that's why it should never be that people adopt a dog like it's a one time decision that you just go and say i want this dog and take it you know we we generally prefer that people come multiple times meet the dog get to know know the dog and then you know once we are convinced that this is a good match then take him or her home Oh, when it comes to animal cruelty, does the police actually intervene, or take some action, or they just stay quiet? So it depends, you know. See, um, unfortunately, um, our laws—I don't know if you have heard that we there's something called the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals Act, which was passed in 1960. Okay. Again, after that, it's not been amended. So there are the laws are there, and they are very. clear that what is cruelty and so on you know but the fines are so minimal or the jail sentences are so little yeah that uh, and and some of them could also be bailable you know unless it is tied under the um, ipc act the indian penal code so so um, uh, uh, so the, the the problem is that it's not not only the in terms of the police but it's the law and that is what we have been saying that the law needs to be strengthened actually there's a um, animal welfare act which is 
which is supposed to be passed and i hope this government passes it soon because uh, it's in the draft stage stage and it um, was to be introduced in parliament and that really would help maybe as a deterrent because uh, the fines have been escalated also the jail sentences has been escalated but we have had uh, some experiences where the police have been very helpful you know and uh, i remember that um, there was a, uh, a cruelty case how uh, somebody had locked up um, uh, this person had locked up the pet and gone gone away you know uh, for a holiday and uh, suddenly the neighbors called us and said this pet is locked up inside the house and this person is not there and the police were very helpful and they we actually they helped us you know um, to open the house and we could rescue the dog you know so so i think because remember that um, that way the police actually also do look after a lot of animals on the street you know i don't know if you ever passed on 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 marine drive you'll always see at the suksagar junction there is a the policeman standing and there's always a dog you know standing with them uh, during the lockdown when we were going around you know distributing food at nakabandis you know there always is at the nakabandi there should be one street dog you know standing with them you know so the police also have been i mean they're quite sensitized to the to the issue that is in bombay that is what we are experienced so i think uh, maybe other places where um, uh, we we need to step in and and educate the police about the laws because maybe some places they don't even know that or or for them it may not be priority because of so much human you know crimes happening so but we need to educate them and try and ensure that justice is is uh, done to any uh, animal that ha- that has undergone uh, cruelty yes that that makes sense so this common question that i got is uh, on seeing a hun- hungry stray dog or a cat what's the best food you can give them so i think you must remember that dogs are scavengers mm-hmm. okay i mean originally um, when when they were earlier i mean luckily our cities have become cleaner and there are no open open garbage bins but whenever earlier there were open garbage bins dogs and cats used to eat from them you know and a lot of people used to say oh poor things but but they were scavengers you know and that's why maybe they are tougher than than the breeds but i think a basic you know diet i mean remember that if you see a hungry dog you shouldn't overfeed it that is one thing you know shouldn't be done and the second thing is that anything that 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 um, uh, is non spicy actually so dal rice you know mixed with uh, pet food maybe or uh, you know um, uh, such things can biscuits you know biscuits of course are a treat yes but, i had a question but, uh, right because people yeah, but, say but that but it's, it's nutritious food nutritious. Uh, needs to be given you know so so that is the main thing that 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 is important uh, um and uh, um, of course one needs to avoid oily you know spicy uh, food that shouldn't actually be given to uh, dogs and cats okay also this concept about kennel dogs that wsd has could you tell us about that kennel dogs kennel dogs 
my friend spoke to me the ones which uh, are sometimes paralyzed or really in a deplorable condition. Uh, meaning airport dogs? I mean, what kennel dogs? Uh, so she told me that uh, sometimes their one year is cut off. They don't have oh, one Okay, okay. Yeah, but, but they are, I mean, like see, we have a dog called Donald. And maybe I'll send you the photograph. And yeah. in fact, we call him our Lata Mangeshkar in the kennel because whenever he, uh, whenever any volunteer comes, he starts singing because he wants, you know, to be taken for a walk. So he came in with, with one of his ears eaten up by maggots. So, of course, we treated him and he healed. So, of course, he doesn't have one ear, but that doesn't really, you know, um, limit him from doing what other uh, dogs do. So I think uh, she might have meant the airport dogs that come in, you know, okay. and uh, you know, with a dog that remain with us because of, uh, like, see, we had a, a rescue of a dog that was, it was a cruelty case. And uh, she was actually, uh, you know, acid was thrown on her. Yeah. And she came with her whole body scalded. And um, of course, over time, it healed. And she's one of the sweetest you know, dogs at the kennels. So maybe, and, and, and we look for homes for such dogs too, you know. So, um, uh, so they, are, they, they, they either then go to a new home or they will remain with us, you know, till they are adopted or, or they remain with us, yeah. So you mentioned about WSD volunteers. What does a day go like about a WSD if you're a volunteer? Uh, so right now you must remember it's very different because of COVID and safety issues. But otherwise volunteers do, um, uh, I mean, help out in different activities. So it could be if it, they are going to the WSD center, then they could come and walk the dogs or the what you call kennel dogs or the airport dogs are very happy to, to with a lot of visitors and, and they are walked, you know. Uh, or they are given a bath. Some of course are not very happy uh, getting a bath, but um, they naturally need to be bathed uh, once a week or at least uh, you know once a fortnight. Right. So, so that is something that that uh, volunteers can do. They can help out in cleanup also at the kennels of maintaining the garden and and uh, you know general cleaning also. Um, we have other volunteers who do other things like. Um, uh, they, we have volunteers who are behaviorists who help out in our adoption program, which means they come in and so they are already trained, you know. So they, they uh, uh, the dogs that come in undergo a behavioral assessment, you know. So they help out with that or they help out with basic training, you know, potty training and so on, you know. So, so uh, those, but those, they, they need to be volunteers who have been trained in uh, dog behavior. Uh, we have volunteers who help out, like who come onto the streets and learn basic first aid, and they help out with that. Yeah. So of course, for that they need to take their rabies shots, but uh, but uh, they they can come and help out with that. But many volunteers also help out with the education program, where we go to schools and uh, in public places and talk about dog bite prevention, about rabies prevention about the stray dog issue, yeah. being kind to animals, the laws that exist, you know. So all these things, um, you know, they can 
help out in spreading awareness and also in fundraising remember that um, wsd being a charity we we survive on donations because remember that we do not charge anybody any money for money for anything we do all our services are free because finally the man on the street calls and it the money shouldn't be a deterrent for him not to call at least uh, you know he or she has picked up the phone and called for an animal that in distress initiative. yes yes so so um uh, so a lot of volunteers help out in fundraising in fact during covid times a lot of them have been you know uh, doing a lot of crowdfunding you know on various platforms you know so that helps out or uh, during normal times we have uh, you know um, uh, sales garage sales or we also have product sales and and that also you know uh, volunteers man or woman those those stalls that we have you know so so they help out in in various uh, ways it could be also somebody with legal background can help out with that or somebody who's good at strategizing or somebody who's good at merchandising you know somebody is our social media account is run by a volunteer you know so there are different things that you know our volunteers can help out with and uh, what are the other events at wsd so um various i mean um, generally uh, we um, have something like a you know during christmas time we do come out with a uh, you know a christmas event where people can come into the kennel meet the dogs and get their favorite gifts for them you know or um, uh, we take part in various like the kala goda festival and so on uh, sometimes we also twice we had had a fundraiser where we had uh, you know a concert was was held to raise raise money you know or uh, we also have workshops so we have workshop in on training volunteers on basic first aid <clears throat> this workshop anybody can can attend and we have trained thousands of people on on basic first aid you know so uh, these these are some of the events that we have we have volunteer orientation workshops also you know so so these are various things that that go on and of course we have a lot of visitors and school children and college students that come to the kennels you know to the wsd center mm -hmm. so um, that becomes an event in itself because you know all the dogs and are brought out and you know they are happy meeting so many people so so these are the different events that are held over the uh, year but right now unfortunately because of safety issues yeah a lot of things are being done online so we are we are having of course we also have kids workshops so right now those are being done online you know so a skill that is related to something to do with with dogs which means that i mean just to give an example how to be a a, a, a street dog reporter like a journalist you know or or uh, how to spin street dog stories you know so these are the things that we are actually currently also doing uh, online every sunday yeah so a uh, lot of it now has of course taken the online uh, mode so if any person watching this video till here wants to volunteer what's the process to go about it so they just need to either you know call us or um, um, you know they can dm us on instagram or email us and uh, our volunteer manager will get in touch and they'll have to just uh, fill a volunteer form because we 
we rather you know have volunteers who help out in what they like to do rather than we telling them what to do because like i told you there are an array of activities and maybe some people might want to learn first aid but some people may not be comfortable they might be wanting to do go and you know walk the dogs at the kennels so that that option is given to the volunteers and then then they can start yeah so but that's a little process earlier it was a um a physical in, in the sense an interview in person but now it's online and many of the activities now are curtailed but slowly i'm sure with things getting normal all those other activities will also open up yes so to conclude this whole interview i'd like to ask you one last question what is your biggest learning or what are your many learnings from a dog or a cat or any for well, the biggest yes i think the biggest learning is that um, unlike human beings and dogs don't discriminate you know they don't discriminate or or even cats so whether you're rich or poor they don't dis- discriminate the whether you're a male or a female in terms of caste and religion and so on and so forth you know for them i mean it's just the love that they give and the love that they receive yeah so i think that has been my biggest learning you know over over so many years of how dogs are just amazing and how i mean there's so much um that we need to learn from them and i think the second thing also is the absence of self pity you know we 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 keep pitying ourselves and saying oh i don't have this this has happened to me and so on and so forth i have seen dogs that that have come in the most horrible i mean we had a dog that came with no face you know and uh, it was the face was eaten up by maggots and in that state also you know see you will pity the dog but the dog was not pit, pit, i mean the name was ashar hope okay she was not pitying herself and, and when i saw the dog and and she was just jumping and you know she looked happy and of course i mean we healed her and she went to an amazing home and in fact she went to france you know oh, wow. and uh, you know so so that is one one big learning the absence of self pity you know so i think um, i mean i wish um, we could you There's know emulate lot, so right. many of these yeah. qualities from dogs There's a lot we humans need to learn from them is what i think yes thank yes, you yes. so much i had an amazing time thank you for your time thank you thanks a lot thanks so much for the opportunity thank you